and welcome to the Essential Property Podcast with your hosts, Paul Samuda and Amanda Woodward. With 45 years of combined experience in the world of property buying, selling, investing and developing, they are here to share with you their knowledge in the Stoke-on-Trent, Newcastle-under-Lyme and Crew property market. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to episode number eight of the Essential Property Podcast with me, your host, Amanda Woodward. And today's topic is all about HMO licensing. Now, in episode number seven, we discussed Article 4 in the crew and a few of our listeners asked us to do a follow-up episode in and around HMO licensing, which is obviously a different subject to Article 4, although there are some similarities along the way. So that's going to be today's topic. Now. We have, as investors, invested in many HMOs across both Stoke-on-Trent and in Crewe. We love the strategy. It is a high-yielding strategy. It is also a very high-intensive management strategy, and that's why we set up our management company, must be about five or six years ago now, to actively manage the HMOs that we were purchasing because it is quite a niche strategy and very, very different to managing a family home, as some of you will know. Now, what actually is a HMO? A HMO is shared accommodation. It stands for House of Multiple Occupation. And there is a need all across the country for HMOs. And whether that be students who are sharing whilst they are studying, whether that be low-cost accommodation for those that only can afford housing, which is shared, or whether that is for more blue-collar workers, white-collar workers who are looking for accommodation during a particular type of employment, whether that be short, medium or long term, right through to high-end almost luxury accommodation for transient workers. There is so many different people and demographics that fit into a HMO. And for the last, well, for however many years since people started living in shared accommodation, which has been a long, long time, the government have left that largely down to the landlord to manage and I've always said that if you've got HMOs where there's seven people or more, then you need to apply for planning permission. If you've got HMOs on three stories or more, then you need to apply for license. But everybody else, generally, you can just get on with it. Now, there are selective licensing laws in place in certain parts of the country, but I'm not going to cover that on this episode. I'm going to save that for a future episode. Today, I'm largely focusing on traditional HMO licensing rules and regulations. But October 2018, the government said, hold on a minute, we have a lot of HMOs across the country and we have some genuine concerns about the quality and the safety of these buildings. Therefore, HMOs that have five or more people operating on two or more stories will now meet the criteria for HMO licensing. And that was a real game changer because more and more properties were now hitting the criteria for licensing and needed to have applications made, properties inspected and licenses granted. And naturally, I'm sure there were tons of properties across the country that weren't going to meet local regulations and quite possibly they were sold 
or upgraded because the reason why licensing now is getting a lot tougher is because the government wants to ensure that they are safe, specifically from a fire perspective. They want to ensure that they are not overcrowded and they want to ensure that there is good quality management in place on those HMOs to protect not just the people that are living in them, but also the general neighbourhood, the neighbours and the area in general. So a lot of people, including us, lots of people throughout the country had to put in lots of HMO licence applications. I do remember leading up to that date sort of through the summer and right up to October, I had my head in so many different PDF documents preparing for our licensing applications. It was a little bit crazy and I'm sure a few of you can relate to that. But we're for licensing, we're for the overall upgrading of accommodation, specifically when it relates to safety of our tenants. We all like to sleep at night and make sure that our buildings are nice and safe. Now, a lot of documents need to be provided to the local authority for your license application. I've put together 15 different types of documents that one should prepare for. Now, Stoke-on-Trent City Council and Cheshire East are slightly different. We do find that Cheshire East do ask for a little bit more. So my 15-step list should cover both local authorities. However, I do encourage you to check out the direct websites for those local authorities. Download the checklists, download the housing standards, download the HMO management standards, So you can go direct to the source for absolutely everything that you need. But to run through the top most popular 15 documents that you will get asked for, I'm kicking off with ASTs and management agreements. You will likely be asked for the ASTs of the tenants. And if the property is not tenanted right now, they will likely ask you for a copy of the AST and a copy of the signed management agreement. Local authority do want to know who is managing the property to ensure that that agent does have the capability to manage that property and that they are empowered to make certain decisions to be able to ensure that that HMO stays legal and that it meets the local regulations. So even if the landlord is overseas and can't be contacted, but a fire door needs changing or a restrictor needs adding to a window, the local authority wants to know that you as the managing agent are empowered to be able to make those decisions. Moving on to gas safety certificates and electrical safety certificates. Obviously, your gas certificate is annual. Your electrical safety certificate now being every five years, they need to be in date and provided, should I say, presented to the local authority. Now, if your property has a specific type of fire alarm system based on the layout of the building, You will need to provide your installation certificate for that, along with your annual service certificate for that. And even if you just have a smoke detector in every room with a battery backup, your electrical certificate will show that you've had that installed, but you will need a separate smoke alarm installation certificate if it's within the first year. And if it's outside of the first year, you're going to need your smoke alarm servicing certificate which is due annually the same goes for emergency lighting as well you've got to make sure that that is being serviced and the certificate is then provided on your HMO application 
Also, pack testing, your appliances need to be pack tested for your application. Obviously, if the building's nice and new, then your portable electrical appliances are going to have the pack testing covered. But if not, then you do need to get them pack tested with a local pack testing engineer and a certificate created and also provided with your application, along with a floor plan of the building. Now, it's not just a floor plan with the measurements of each room, although, of course, the local authority are very interested in room sizes. They also want to see where your fire alarms are, where your fire doors are. They're looking at the exit route out of the building to ensure that it's a protected route. They're looking for all sorts of stuff with your floor plan, size of kitchen, size of lounge. So a measured floor plan of the building will be required to submit as well. Now, if you have had major works to the building that required building control to be involved in your refurbishment or in your conversion your building control sign-off certificate will also be required along with any planning granted documentation if you do need planning so if you're seven or more um, or if you just needed planning anyway perhaps the conversion of a commercial building the application is going to want to see that planning granted documentation as well The local authority will also want details of all the interested parties in this building. So that's all owners or lenders who are associated with the building. They want those details because they will be notifying the interested parties and lenders on that building that the property application is going through for a license. And they will also send a copy of the license to the interested parties as well. The owners of the building and the managing agents are going to need a DBS check generally to ensure that you don't have any criminal record that would prohibit your ability to manage a HMO. Now, fortunately, we have a nice, clear criminal history here at Essential Property Options. I don't know exactly what criminal record would not allow you to hold a HMO license, but I'm sure there's quite a few. So a DPS certificate does need to be put forward so they can ensure that you're a fit and proper person with the right credible history to be able to manage a HMO. Submitting your ID along with that as well. Cheshire's in particular want to know all the other HMOs that you own that are licensed in any local authority across the country. So you have to provide that as well. And then number 15 on the list, and the most important one to the local authority, no doubt, is your fee, because HMO licenses aren't free. So Cheshire East and Stoke have a different pricing plan. But just to give you an idea, an application to Cheshire East for an HMO license starts just over £800 for a five-bed HMO and goes up to about £1,000 for the largest HMO, 20 rooms plus. Stoke-on-Trent is slightly more competitive. Their five-bed HMOs start at 675, going all the way up to a 30-bed plus HMO at £820. So you need to submit your fee for your HMO license application. Now, Stoke-on-Trent do have a few discounts available. If you are an accredited landlord with their accreditation scheme, which we are, which we think is a great scheme, you get a £100 discount off your first application and you also get further discounts off further applications thereafter, which is pretty good. But it is important, obviously, that you pay your fee and you get your license. Your license will usually only be offered to you after an inspection. 
So I've gone through what you need from a documentation standpoint. Then you're going to be contacted by the housing standards team at Cheshire East or at Stoke-on-Trent, and they're going to want to come to visit the property, at which point they're going to be inspecting to ensure that the room size requirements meet their housing standards. And that's based on the measurements for a single room and the measurements for a double room. They even provide measurements for rooms with a child, although we don't have any HMOs that are eligible for children to rent rooms. However, they do have a measurement for children. So they're looking at room sizes largely and they're looking at the fire safety of the building. And they want to ensure that the number of occupants in the building can safely exit in case of a fire and that the room sizes are the right size and the right amount of people are in those rooms. Generally, that's their major checklist. They're also checking that, you know, you've got a notice board in the property, your contact details are up to date, and that you're meeting not just the housing standards, but that your managing agent is meeting the management standards. Now, if you self-manage, then you have to ensure you meet those standards. If you have an agent, then you need to ensure that your agent is meeting those standards. And that's all around communication with the tenants that are in the building. There are implications around refuse management and overflowing bins. They have questions around overall general quality of management of that building. And just to touch on bins, which is such an uninteresting topic, But within our management company, we actually offer a service to our landlords where we actually organise the refuse, where we take the bin out and we bring the bin in, ensuring that the bin is emptied on the right day. Because as landlords uh, and managed agents will know, uh, refuse can really be a bit of a bugbear with overflowing bins and tenants not knowing what to recycle and what not to recycle and when to take the bin out and when not to take the bin out. So we actually provide that as a service, along with obviously smoke detector testing, etc., to ensure that we're meeting the management standards for that building. Now, a few years ago, we started managing quite a lot of HMOs for international investors investing in Crewe and Stoke. And when they were going for their HMO applications, the local authority said, hold on a minute. Yes, you're the owner of this HMO, but we don't want your name to be on this license. Because the reality is, if there's a problem with smoke detector testing or refuse management or antisocial behavior with a tenant, and you're based in Hong Kong, we're not going to hold you as a responsible person to be able to handle that issue. So the local authorities wanted the managing agent, i.e. us, to be the primary license holder and to be responsible for the management of that building, which we obliged. And we are the license holder for a number of different HMOs across both the city and town for our international investors. And we do that willingly to ensure that they can actively, you know, own and benefit from owning HMOs in the area. But that is something to consider if you are listening to this overseas, that you will need potentially your agent to act as as the license holder and ensure that they're managing the property exactly as they should. Now, when you have submitted your license and you've got your license, this will be required for when you take some lending on the property. So if you're going to refinance or take any kind of finance out on your HMO, 
you will require the license to be able to do so. So it's very important that you get all your documentation together to submit for the license. And then once you've got your license, you can submit that to your lender. And that should be all the documentation that you need to do everything that you need to do. Now, in an Article 4 area, of course, if you have a license, that's great. It already shows that you operate a HMO. If your HMO in an Article 4 area doesn't need a license, then listen to episode number seven and make sure that you have your plan in place for notifying the local authority of your HMO before the 1st of November this year to ensure that it's registered before that Article 4 direction comes into play. So in conclusion, do we love HMOs? Yes, we do. It's a great strategy for us as investors. We like to bring quality accommodation to a much needed housing stock across the UK. HMOs very much are in demand and have been well supplied over the last few years. What licensing does is it increases the quality of the accommodation overall throughout the country. And I think that's a good thing. That can only be a good thing, ensuring that tenants have good, solid quality accommodation in the HMO space is something that we are very, very pro. And it's great practice for you as a landlord to ensure that your building is safe, to ensure that it's good quality and working positively with your local authority to ensure that they're happy with your buildings as well. So I hope that episode was useful, just giving you a whistle stop tour there on HMO management in Stoke and in Crew. As always, we're here to support you. Any questions you have whatsoever with regards to HMO licensing, if you are new to HMOs and you want to just have a quick conversation about a strategy moving forward and what to do next, I'm open to taking calls regarding that. If you are an existing HMO investor and you want to talk about HMOs, again, I'm open to talking about that. If you are a self-managing landlord or if you're working with an agent who hasn't quite performed and you're looking for you know some fresh ideas or a change of plan, please do get in touch and myself and my team can come back to you in terms of how we can help you on that as well. I hope you have found this useful, guys. And as always, we look forward to speaking with you on the next episode. you enjoyed today's episode and if so please hit subscribe and share with those who you think would enjoy it too to get in touch with paul and amanda directly please visit their website www.essentialpropertyoptions.co.uk for more information we look forward to sharing with you on the next episode